0: Hi everyone, this is Sherelle Jardine, and this is Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Make a Scene Canada is a go-to for discovering new artists, as well it's a place to hang out with our Canadian icons. I absolutely love, and it's my great pleasure to bring you the songs and stories of our world-class Canadian musicians. Make a Scene Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget. From producing to recording and mixing, contact Sheldon Zaharko at sheldonzaharko.com. There is a lot that goes into running the station and its podcasts, and while we do bring it to you for free, we could use some support to keep running and growing. Any contributions, no matter how small, are appreciated. If you love the show and like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, go to pacificnorthwestradio.com and click on the top right where it says Contribute and become a patron of the station and Make a Scene Canada. Click on Become a Patron and then you'll have a few options. You can make a custom pledge and donate whatever you'd like or, for as little as a buck a month, you can help keep the station and Make a Scene Canada rocking. You can also become an official sponsor of any one of our podcasts or online radio station. All the details are on the contribute section as well. And you can always get in touch with us. Our email is pacificnorthwestradio at gmail.com. And in the subject line for make us in Canada or Pacific Northwest Radio or maybe one of our other programs. And you can find them all on our homepage, pacificnorthwestradio.com. Find Make a Scene Canada back shows on Pacific Northwest Radio. Just click on the show icon on the homepage. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites all waiting for you to discover. Right now, while you're listening to the show, find us on social media, Instagram, and Facebook at Make a Scene Canada. We also have a group page, Make a Scene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs. Don't forget to give Pacific Northwest Radio a like on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pacific Northwest Radio. I'll run, away. I'll run, away. I'll run, away. run away like yesterday. Kurt Dahl is an entertainment lawyer by day and a rock star by night. A founding member of One Bad Son, Kurt has toured the world with his band over the past 16 years, sharing the stage with the Rolling Stones, Def Leppard, Judas Priest, and more. He's also the president with Sask Music.
1: Hi, Cheryl. How's it going to be?
0: It's good. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just starting to rain here in Vancouver. So, you know, we're, we're kind of huddled in, and, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't get right. any, any colder. I mean, you know, this is March now, so we're waiting for that sunshine.
1: <laughs> yeah, has it been like has it been a long stretch of rain or or not bad?
0: No, not bad. Actually, It was really nice yesterday, and and so I think we're anticipating like the next few days to be kind of rainy. But you know, Vancouver gets a bad rap. You lived out here for a while. You know, we get some beautiful days, and yeah. you know, so just take the, the bad and the good, and and uh, keep on rocking.
1: Yeah, it's almost exactly finding the positives. I mean. Yeah. You don't get minus fifty, minus fifty, like we get
0: here. No, we do not. Thankfully, i I lived in Ontario when I was younger, <laughs> and I remember how damn cold that was. So not minus fifty, but I think it was like minus twenty five or something. It's just it's too much. So I know you wear so many hats in the industry and I feel like I could do four separate interviews with you. So I hope you have a bit of time that I can talk to you about (laughs) everything. And um, if it's okay, I'd like to start chatting about the business side of your life and then we can kind of make our way over to the rock and roll side if that's cool.
1: That sounds awesome, yeah.
0: Awesome. So you're president of Sask Music. How long have you been president for?
1: Um, I'm almost coming to the end of six years and... And then that's sort of the max term you can reach. Once you get to the six years, then you have to step down. So I'm almost at six years. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a sad goodbye for sure.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Um, years ago, I was president of Pacific Songwriters Association, so I have a little bit of an understanding how organizing a group of artists is not that easy. So I want to thank you upfront for yeah. your commitment over those past six years. That's crazy. And you're like the perfect guy to be president because you can utilize your knowledge as an artist and a lawyer to help your members.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, that's. I feel... I feel super blessed and and lucky and grateful that, you know, I've got, I've, I've got two careers that I, that I love so much, you know, like the, you know, the lawyer side and the musician side. I mean, it's, I didn't have like a big master plan to to do that or anything. I just always wanted to be in the music business, you know? And Mm. um, so, yeah, I find myself here now and I feel like it's, I just feel super, super grateful. Mm
0: -hmm. And you're absolutely so passionate. I mean, it comes out in anything I read about you, about music and wanting to help other artists. So that's, that's amazing. I mean, we need more people like you in the industry, definitely.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
0: that. Yeah. Now, Sask Music and uh, it encompasses the entire music industry in Saskatchewan, creators, technicians, administration, and delivery, and it's really well defined on your page. I think you've got pretty well everybody covered. So, before the pandemic, what types of events were you organizing, and how is the organization supporting all those people that I just mentioned?
1: Well, I, I should first off, I should say, like the staff, um, you know, organize and run all the programs. Like. I can't take credit for that, but, you know, I'm just the president of the board, but, like, the staff, I mean, obviously, we, we as the board, sort of direct the the executive director who is in charge of the staff and whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, but long story short, I mean, yeah, like, a lot of events, I mean, it's sort of different style, different types of uh, events that SAS music does. The first is, like, getting our SAS artists showcasing and exposure, like, around the world, you know, so we'll have we'll organize you know, Sask sort of themed nights in like at Reaper Barn in Germany or at, you know, at, at South by in, in Austin or at like the Great Escape in the UK. Like, So, you know, it really, and, and it's, these events have resulted in you know, so many different Saskatchewan artists getting record deals or publishing deals or management deals, that sort of thing. So it's, it's always cool to sort of just have a, have a, a specific night in one of these major, you Know music cities around the world and just have the all Saskatchewan artists, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and and then I, the other side of it is really just education, you know, educating musicians, empowering them to make the most of their careers, you know, um, so teaching how to do the right whatever press release or album launch, or I mean, for me, one thing I I run is the, the legal program, so we've got. You know, if you're a SaaS Music member, you can access the legal program. It, it allows you to access, you know, two hours of, of legal work for free and legal uh-huh. advice for free. So, you know, like a lot of, I mean, two hours is not a ton, but it's like a lot of times it's, and a lot of lawyers would charge a lot for that, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it's like an artist gets a, some sort of offer online, it could be a record deal, it could be a whatever, and they don't know if they should sign it or not. And, and there's been so many times where it's been like a really bad deal, like you know, that could really negatively impact their career. But they, if, if not for this program, they probably would have just signed it. And then, you know, and then of course it's, it's too late, right? Yeah. So um, that's been really cool to. to just to be able to give back a bit, you
0: know? No kidding. And um, I was just kind of reading through because we have, of course, you know, the BC organization out here. So I wanted to see what kind of the differences are on, you know, in different provinces. And so I went to the belief section and the one in particular that jumped out at me was music industry professionals are entitled to fair and equitable compensation. Now this problem has been around for years, right? So how does Sask Music kind of address this issue?
1: Um, I mean, I, I guess I would say it's just sort of part of the everyday work that we do. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm I'm always fighting for, you know, more, better rights, better pay for artists, you know, and um, whether that be, you know, even Spotify payouts or now it's TikTok revenues. Like, you know, there, there's bottom line, there, There's there's massive companies around the world that make so much money on the backs of musicians, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking... Right now, of all those tech companies, right? Like, you know, Spotify is valued at however many billion. Oh my God. Yet the, the, the musicians who form the content that makes Spotify valued at that are getting paid like nothing. You know, so, um, and that's not exactly, like, you know, on the mandate of SaaS Music, you know, specifically, but generally speaking, like that's every, that's what we do at SaaS Music is really act as the voice and an advocate for. For musicians and music industry professionals, you know, and um, bottom line is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of change still needs to happen. And I think musicians are often, you know, the last ones paid in the music industry. And then that's something that I really try to um, push push back against.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And we're going to talk just a little bit about those streaming companies and TikTok in in a few minutes. But um, just wanted to say if people do live in Saskatchewan, they can check out saskmusic.org. And I'd really suggest if you live in the area that you join the organization. Fantastic work. Definitely. I've been I've been kind of checking out everything you guys are doing. And thank you for all of that. Thank you. you. I know that SAS Music encompasses all of the music industry, but I'd just like to speak specifically about Canadian professional musicians. for a couple of minutes. And I know on an email I kind of mentioned to you about the Canadian Musicians Coalition petition that was just tabled. We're pretty excited about it in the House of Commons by Ron McKinnon, who's our MP. And the petition is to keep music alive in Canada. And we're basically asking for a living wage for professional Canadian musicians and money for music education and for the venues. And for people that haven't really heard about that petition, our executive director, Steve Sanis, he had this vision a few years ago to create a Canadian musician support fund and then he brought myself and Mark Gladstone, and and I don't know if you know any of these guys, Robert Campbell, Ted Tossoff, yeah. Dick Cox, Derek Bird, and Mark Greenhall <laughs> along board, right? Yeah. And so with our government's best efforts, they have not been able to uh, protect us from the streaming companies. And you know firsthand, we just talked about Sabotify, like how insulting a payout that is for artists. It's just, it's so it makes me cry almost when I see how much money I make, like it's 0.003 cents a stream. You you cannot earn a living wage that way. It would take like 6 million streams to make a living wage, which is like $30,000 minimum. Right. So it's crazy. Like our industry is going to be the last one to come back with this pandemic, especially. So, you know, how frustrating is that for you because you're also an artist? Yeah, it's it's
1: really, it's really frustrating. I mean, um, I feel like I've been saying this for like a decade, and I feel like a broken record. Sometimes, you know, that these payouts um, are abysmal, and it's like it's it's almost right now. I feel like it's you know these big tech companies versus versus musicians, right? And which is sort of you know the, the, the big the big the rich versus the poor, really, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, um, or at least the, the the rich and the privileged versus you know, the, the, the starter artists, you know, and um, which I think is, if you go through the history of mankind, humankind, I mean, it's always, it's always the rich get richer, the the poor stay poor. I, I think that needs to change, you know, and the music industry, the reason I got into, the reason I became an entertainment lawyer was, you know, reading all these biographies growing up of all my favorite rock and roll idols, you know, and a common thread through all these biographies was, that they all my idols were ripped off by someone in a suit, you mm-hmm. know, someone, some big major label exec or manager, whatever. And it goes back to, especially in the early days, like early black musicians were exploited worse than anyone else, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just, it's just really horrible. And so I thought if I could become an entertainment lawyer, I could at least, you know, protect my fellow musicians from from that sort of fate, you know. And um, I think that's working in a lot of ways. Uh, I think. Musicians are more educated and empowered now than ever before, but the, these, you know, Spotify's and TikTok and Apple Music, whatever, um, the payouts are still horrible. So I think there still is a lot of work to be done. And, and that's great to hear that, I mean, you and the people that you're, you mentioned, I mean, that you're doing the good work, you know, and that I, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a desire for change. And I think, I hope that it's going to happen and it's
0: going to come. I think it will too, especially with the pandemic. Um, You know, people are just really struggling right now. The whole, like yourself, you're an artist as well. Like I know my bands, we lost 25 shows in 2020. All of a sudden it's like all the festivals are closed and everything else. Um, Absolutely insane. So I mean, what do you see happening in the next little bit, like 2021, 2022? Are bands going to be in bubble suits? Like, is everybody going to be in, like, big plastic rolling balls, you know?
1: <laughs> like the Flaming Lips, kind yes. of, they were <laughs> ahead of the game, I guess.
0: Oh, my God, that was um, awesome.
1: Um, yeah, be, you know, honestly, I don't know what, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do think that I think this year, 2021 is not going to be as huge of a return to form as everyone had hoped. Like I think it's going to be gradual, you know, one step at a time. Like, I think it's going to be smaller cap than you. once everyone gets the you needle, know, you know, that's going to help. Because then, you know, governments will say, hey, let's now open, you know, ease up on the restrictions, whatever. But I think 2022 is going to be a big one because everyone I've talked to, like, you know, I'm negotiating deals every day with, you know, major labels and publishers and, you know, managers, like everyone is getting really excited, of course. And the public, you know, like people are, are are missing music like I've never seen before. And so I think the value of live performance has gone up. Like It's just that we can't, you know, we can't do it. We can't have the performances right now. But I think I just feel like when it comes back, it's going to be like a huge huge tidal wave in all the right ways. It's just a matter it it, it almost reminds me of like the Roaring Twenties that came after like the 1918 pandemic, flu, you know, and everyone just, everyone just like was pent up and like, let's get out and let's celebrate. So I really hope that's the case. And yeah, I mean, I think we just, I I, I feel like, uh, I hesitate to say this, but I feel like the the darkest, the darkest time is behind us. And, you know, now it's like, let's start working, you know, our our way back to sort of some sort of normalcy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it it still is going to be a broken system. I mean, there's still lots of work to do. And, um, I know there's lots of grant money out there right now, you know, the government's pumping money out, but that's not for every artist. Like every artist does not get a grant and, you know, it's, they can't make a living wage getting a grant you know that's for your cds and you know recording etc so it's a broken system but you know we're that's all right, working yeah. towards it and we're gonna we're gonna fix it so um just wanted to do the last little bit about this the canadian musicians coalition.ca there is a letter that they can copy and paste right now to send to their mp asking their mp to give this petition their full support so that's we're excited about it great yeah yeah and i know my husband uh, Mark Gladstone, he plays with Prism and, you know, they're not talking about festivals that's this right. year and and so hopefully, like, you know, your band and my band and everybody else can get back and start rocking out pretty heavy next year.
1: What a moment that's going to be. I just can't wait. Like, you know, I'm sure you're the same as me. Like, live music is just, like, being in a live show and being in the front row, like, to me, there's, there's no place I'd rather be and um, what a feeling that's going to be when we can do that. You know, it's, it's really going to be I feel like it's going to be better than I even remember it because you know when when something you know absence makes the heart grow fonder you know Absolutely. and it's really been a real absence.
0: Yeah, but you know what? As, as a musician, I'm I'm feeling nervous about actually stepping on stage. I haven't played since like February yeah. last year, so I I think I'm going to have yeah. that like kind of those butterflies and stuff. I'll be like, oh my god, do I remember these songs and. Yeah, so we've all got a lot of a lot of work ahead of us to get back to that point. But I want to talk about streaming as well. We talked a little bit about it. Um, I read one of your articles where you said, "Don't get me started about Spotify." But I want you to talk about Spotify and other streaming companies because people really have no idea. What an artist makes when somebody streams their music. And every time I hear somebody say after a gig, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to stream you. I feel like putting on this huge lecture, you know, to educate people, right? So um, you wrote a particular article about TikTok that I wanted to talk to you about. So TikTok paying musicians, how does that work?
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like, imagine Spotify, which again, we talked about is payouts are abysmal. Um, imagine that, but then it's like a fraction of that because in TikTok, it's it's not the full song, right? It's it's um, you know a lot of times TikTok videos. And I'm, I'm not on the, the platform. I just I just write about it and research it, but <laughs> um, you know a lot of these videos are like 15 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So you take your Spotify payout, which I like you said yeah, point zero zero three cents, and I think TikTok is going to be like a fraction of that. So it's like, I mean, the reality is TikTok. Is not going to be a big revenue source, like from actual, you know, views for for most artists, unless you're like a super influencer or whatever, right? But um, but th- there is value, and I've seen this firsthand, like with a few clients who might have blown up on TikTok, and then that's resulted in you know successes and revenues elsewhere. So, like in the last year, 2020, I mean, I'd say the five biggest deals I negotiated and they're all with, like, major label, like, bidding more situations were um, artists that blew up on TikTok. And then, of course, once you're in that situation, like, once in each of those deals, once we put pen to paper, I mean, the artist was, was rich overnight. You know, like, you didn't have to worry about money anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, and not that it's about the money, but it's more about, like, just your point of, like, making a, earning, a, uh, earning a living wage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so in those examples, like, all five... Again, those are the top five. I mean, there's a lot more than that in terms of TikTok-related um, deals. But, you know, those artists, some of them are young, some of them were not young, but, you know, they didn't have to worry about money afterwards and they're doing music, like, for the foreseeable future because it just blew up. And so it's almost like they used they they, they used TikTok for, to make it work for them and then they leveraged that into to something really helpful for their career. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm on TikTok, but I don't really know how to use it. I'm like, what is this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you probably you probably know more about it than me.
0: <laughs> oh, man. You are a very talented writer, and I'm quoting you. Music is my life, oh, and the you. music industry is what I know. And I look forward to sharing this knowledge with you and making the most of your career. That's right off of your website. How did you get so passionate about music?
1: Yeah, well, that's easy. I mean it's always been like, I remember when I, I I found my dad's record vinyl when I was like, you know, a young kid and put on, well, it was like Led Zeppelin at first. And then I remember I put on house of the rising sun by the animals. And it just like that song, just like gave me goosebumps, you know? Mm -hmm. And from that moment I was fucked. And then, and then once I got to high school, like I feel like I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't that comfortable in my skin. I was sort of, you know, Um, I wasn't 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 sure of myself, and then I found uh, rock and roll, like early '90s, like Seattle rock and roll, Mm -hmm. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and all of a sudden, like that was just like I knew who I was, like that, and it was was, like the power of music was like it it literally changed my life, um, in in many ways, at many points in my life, but you know, so once I once I had once I found that sort of rock and roll, it's like I just had this sense of confidence that because they were like my you know, like Eddie Vedder and Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. and Chris Cornell, they were like my they were like my older cousins or like my uncles kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and um I felt like I had people that understood me, which is which is crazy to think like and that's the beauty of music. Like you could listen to a you know, you could listen to a Soundgarden song and think like Chris Cornell, like he understands me, even though, you know, you've never met him, right? right. Like um isn't that amazing you could feel closer to him than you could like your own your real uncle or real brother you know uh, um that's just the power of music you know and uh, yeah it changed my life
0: definitely you've published across the globe for your articles on the industry Canadian Music, Canadian Lawyer, SoCan, Drum Magazine just to name a few which article that you've written are you most passionate about?
1: Cool, good question uh-huh. um whatever one I'm working on now is the one I'm most excited about because I always try to find what's cutting edge in the music biz, right? So whatever my latest article is, 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 the what I'm most excited about. But I would say like, you know, as far as the articles that I've been like interviews I've done or like articles that were published about me, um, the one that really like hit home or the really, you know, kind of was a signpost that I was doing something right was with Canadian lawyer because And that was, uh, I think, two years ago, you know, the Canadian lawyer, you know, recognized, acknowledged me as one of the the leaders in entertainment law in the country. And, you know, I've always felt like an outsider in in the legal world because, you know, let's be honest, like I'm not your typical lawyer. Yeah, you're a rock star, Um, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, your typical lawyer, like, I feel way more, I don't feel like if I meet another lawyer out and about in public or whatever, like, I feel less in common with he or she than I do a fellow musician. Like, I'm a musician first, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I've always felt like an outsider, but to get that recognition from Canadian lawyer, like, it was just sort of, and it's kind of cool because it, it gets sent to every lawyer in the country, so it's kind of cool just to have this long-haired rocker dude yeah. with my drumsticks in my hand, like, in the, in the pictures, you know? That's awesome. Um, to have, you know, just it, it felt kind of, it felt like one of those moments when that arrived, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely the industry is ever-evolving. And since you wrote your thesis on the future of music industry in 2009 and how musicians will continue to earn a living in the digital age, what are the biggest challenges and changes you've seen over that period of time? And what advice can you offer musicians in this new age?
1: Yeah, you you have great questions, Ralph. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's one thing, like... The main thing that's changed since I wrote the thesis, because that was, uh, what was it? 11 years what ago. What year was it? <laughs> yeah,
0: tw- 2,000 months ago, yeah. 000, so yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, big, the big change, and this is kind of, well, not kind of, it's one of the things that I predicted because it was already starting to happen, but I, the big change is that musicians, I feel like they make less and less from like the sale of their music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, like the pre-internet world, you know, your primary source of income was like selling records, whether it be vinyl or cassettes or CDs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't happen. Like nowadays, my biggest clients don't make much money from their actual music, which is kind of crazy. Most of it comes from performing live, right? And, And then to some extent, publishing, like, so your songs are played on the radio, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, played in a TV show or in a film, you know, that's that, that can get good money too. But the reality is that the whole industry is just sort of flipped. It used to be that, like Led Zeppelin used to tour and charge you like $2 to see them live. Um, but the whole thing, they toured in order to sell records because that's when they made their money. Yeah. And now, I mean, you release, re- you release records to get people to come see you tour, and now you you charge, well, if you're a big band, you charge like $500 or something for a ticket, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, so I, I feel there's, there's, there's pros and cons, obviously to that shift. I think, you know, it makes a lot of musicians very reliant upon touring. And then you get, you get something like the pandemic and all of a sudden, you know, there's no money coming in. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really a major sea change in the industry. And, if you don't if you're not a touring musician you, you got to find other ways to make it work and it's not always easy you know
0: yeah it's, i i don't know it's it's the uh old question of what to do you know it's everybody's kind of in the same boat everybody's struggling everybody's going along going okay well let's try this now oh what about this So I Uh, I think this is just finding your niche and um, being inventive and, you know, being kind of creating outside of the box. I mean, those are just general, you know, statements, but you have to be creative. You have to think with both sides. Like a lot of artists aren't really, they don't have that business side to them. And so I think that's where people should work on those skills.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I feel like that's, that's one thing I, I, that's one of the main pieces of advice I give to everyone like young up and coming artists, or I mean, all artists, but like, you know, it's like try to wrap your head, do, do a bunch of reading about the, the business side of, of the music business. Um, cause the days of sort of like the musicians that just hang around and, and party and don't do any, you know, business work, uh, for their, for their music business, I think like those days are, are, are gone, you know, like, and, and it's probably a good thing, like, you know, you should be prepared to like work your ass off at <laughs> and understand your business. Otherwise, otherwise people will take advantage of you, right? And that's where sometimes like, you know, the stereotypical, you know, '80s rocker who, you know, just party all the time. Well, managers and labels could rip you off, and you wouldn't know because you're too busy, you know, passed out <laughs> after <laughs> after <right>. partying <laughs> or, or something you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, because everybody's like, oh yeah, I got a record deal, and everything gets paid for, but the limo, and the big party, and everything, after coming off your paycheck, you don't realize all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point, I I, I, had, I had this one client who, I can't tell you who they are, but oh. you know, their household name, and they were yeah, big in the 90s, when it was still, you know, there still was, like, the limos, and the, you know, Dom Perignon for everyone mm-hmm. after the show, and they had this big, yeah, big, big record uh, release party, and it was like everyone was there. You know, it's on the in the penthouse suite, and, and like they were serving Dom to everyone, so it's like <laughs> you know everyone's drinking this whatever three hundred dollars <laughs> champagne, mm. and then they got a bill for it. Like you know, and, but it took a few months until they got the bill, and it's like yeah, we, we paid for all of that, and it's like Jesus, you know. Yeah. Um I, I guess people don't people don't think of that, and all of a sudden it becomes a sad, sad reality.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Now I want to talk about your your page, LawyerDrummer.com. So there's a ton of really great articles that I think all artists should read. And uh, we need to be educated, like we were saying on the business side of music. So please go and visit that everyone, LawyerDrummer.com. And oh my God, man, like you are so talented. Now we're going to talk about your law a little bit more. So how long have you been an entertainment lawyer for and your partner in which company?
1: Yes. I've done it for over a decade and the company's called Murphy and Company and it's a Vancouver based law firm. Um, and Murphy you know, is, is my friend, Tim Murphy, who he's a, he's a business lawyer, but like he and I used to be in a band back in the day um, in Saskatoon. And so it's really like, it's a small world. And um, it's been, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And it started like, it started with nothing, right? Like I moved to Vancouver after I became a lawyer in Saskatoon. And, you know, I knew I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer, but I didn't have any clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no one no one knew who I was, and one bad son hadn't blown up yet, so um, people didn't know me that way. And so I had to just really start from start from scratch, start from the bottom. And, um, you know, it took a couple years of really working my butt off to get, you know, clients, and then word of mouth is such a, an amazing gift for me like that's where i probably get like 80 percent of my clients is word of mouth and it's always you know i never take it for granted right mm-hmm. um and word of mouth is so so valuable right like it, it it's, it's more valuable than if you like promote yourself to someone else it, if someone else is doing the promoting for you it's just like it's the best compliment um and yeah so I, i'm lucky i get to work with like some of the biggest musicians and record labels and managers from coast to coast and you know all levels of artists, like some of the you know, brand new artists that are just like baby, baby bands or baby acts, and then some of the you know the biggest names, that are household names, and Juno winning, gold, platinum record artists. And um, the cool thing is, it's coast to coast. Like I've got clients in every province across Canada, and it's just yeah, I feel like I, every day I get up excited to do my job and like to help other musicians you know achieve their dreams
0: that's amazing without naming names what is one of the most complicated situations that you've had to help an artist through
1: um, a lot of times it's difficult or it can be quite you know sort of um, emotional when when a, man, a member leaves the band or, or is kicked out you know um, and again so again many household name artists, where one member has left or been kicked out. And those are tough, right? Like, those are the files where you know it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of stress. You know, a lot of waking up in the night sort of thinking about, mm. you know, the contract that you're drafting. And, um, you know, it's a lot of, it's like a divorce, really. Mm. When, when someone leaves the band, you know, it's like, um, I mean, they're not my clients. I wish they were, but Pink Floyd, you know, imagine, yeah. if, you know, when they. <laughs> You know, Roger Waters and David Gilmer, like they hate each other. Yeah. And it's, it's so sad because, because they're such amazing musicians. And it's it sadly, it's a sad reality in the music that look at Guns N' Roses or even the Beatles ended up sort of at the end kind of being at each other's throats. And um, I think it's because when you're making music, it's such a vulnerable, creative thing, right? And mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot of emotions involved. And, so when someone you know, if someone leaves the band or you know is kicked out, it's those are tough ones for me. But then, but in the positive ones are like a young artist blows up and you get to you know again like make their dreams come true. Like there was one artist just like last month, she signed a record deal and and, and a publishing deal like in, in a matter of a week. And she when she put the pen to the paper on those two deals, she became a millionaire, which is oh, crazy. Oh my um, god. Yeah. So Jeez. um yeah, so it's those are those are the things I live for and getting to just see people be able to to live their dreams, you know? And because I feel like I'm living my dream and I mm-hmm. I'm very happy for it, you know. Yeah,
0: no kidding. And talk about word of mouth, I I super appreciated your advice. Like your name was all over this post that I did on Facebook. They're like, "Talk to him, talk to him." Um just to let people <laughs> kind of know what we're we're talking about. So uh-huh. there's somebody that I wrote, you know, some songs with, did an album with and you know, I discovered that he had put up a bunch of videos with my name all over it, you know, Cheryl Jardine and the name of the song and with situations that I would never, ever have accepted going into a video, things that I don't believe in and, and just, you know, ripping off like news stations and using, you know, uh, information and stuff on, I'm like, what? So, you know, it was really fantastic that, you know, your name was brought up, I could talk to you about it. And basically you said, even if it was like 1% writing that my permission has to be granted before somebody can do that. So I did not know that because I don't know if you read some of those feeds but people were saying like, "Oh, it's just YouTube, don't worry and it's good exposure and you know, it was just such a vast <laughs> amount yeah, of information yeah. misinformation so artists don't <laughs> know what the hell's going on. So speaking to a professional that, you know, knows the correct legal information, you know, was just real. thank you. <laughs> thank you for that.
1: Well, you're like not- that's what, I mean I honestly that means a lot and I feel like this is what I this is why I do what I do like I love helping out other musicians you know um, yeah you know sorry it's like it just really I like to give back because you know I've I've been lucky enough to acquire this knowledge and I know that you know my my former self like when I was twenty I would have I wish someone would have told me the knowledge that I know now you know mm. so um, I like to share it you know.
0: Absolutely. And so what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? I mean, just shoot me, shoot me an email. Like,
1: go to my website. It's probably the quickest. I just go to LawyerDrummer.com, and everywhere you go, it says email me. If you want to just click the button. Um, I mean, I could give – or actually, you know, and then same on Instagram, just lawyer drummer, um, and then Facebook, just lawyer drummer too. So, I mean, really reach out on any of those platforms, and, um, you know, I'll probably set up an email with you and we can set up a call. And a lot of times, I think people think that it's like it's too much stress or too much hassle to talk to a lawyer, and or it's going to cost too much money. I and mean, a lot of times, I I have I do so many calls in a week that you know I, I never charge anything for because I want to like help, you know. So um, and then sometimes you know if you and then if you get a record deal, then yeah, we, we can discuss what that will look like and and how I can help, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, but bottom line is, I don't see any musician out there listening. Like, just make sure you don't sign anything without getting advice first. Because I've seen it so many times. And this kind of relates to your question earlier about, like, things I don't like to do. Like, sometimes I'll get called by an artist. They'll say, I signed this deal, you know, two days ago, and it's a horrible deal. Can you help me? And oh. it's, it's like, it's already signed. Yes. So, I, like, if, if contracts were easy to get out of, then the whole, you know, economy would, would collapse, right? Because mm. it's, you know with the contracts are there for a reason to sort of be enforceable. Right. So, um, it's, yeah, anyways, like get, get advice, at least reach out to someone. And I mean, I'm happy that if it's me, cause this is what I do and this is what I'm passionate about.
0: It's so amazing that you're an artist because you absolutely understand that side. So, you know, it's just like talking to an old friend, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Now, I (laughs) want to get to the music. Thank you so much for all the time you've been taking today, but I really need to talk to you about One Bad Son because I love the band. Oh my God, I'm so attracted to your style of music. So tell me who is in One Bad Son?
1: It's Shane on vocals, Adam on guitar, me on drums. And, you know, we've got, we've been together 16 years. Um, We've had, you know, I think, six or seven top tens and one number one song in the country. And, you know, it's like we're a rock and roll band, you know, guitars, vocals, drums, and, and, you know, growing up on all the great like guitar based rock and roll out there. And we've had some, so many amazing experiences over the years. And it's like I said, it's been 16 years now, which is crazy. It just seems like time flies.
0: Wow. What's the story about you guys? How did you form?
1: It was basically while well, I was serving in a restaurant, and Shane, our singer, came in with his girlfriend at the time, and I I known him, seen him in a, another band. I knew he was like the best singer in the city, and I just leaned over. He was, um, he was you know having an intimate date, you know, and I leaned over and said, "We should start a band sometime," <laughs> and um, and you know we started talking music and I I think his date, you know, basically, I I think it was their last date because we we talked music for like half an hour Mm -hmm. and he, you know, she wasn't (laughs) impressed. Um, but yeah. and, And the rest is history, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's been a amazing journey.
0: I want to talk to you about Hurricane because that is the premier video on your website. So I love that song. I love the video, the intensity, of the black and white footage and the rain swirling, the flashing lights. Where did you guys shoot the video and who's on the production team?
1: Yeah, so like for our 604 Records um, team is uh, at 604 Records, uh, you know, at the actual uh, label headquarters in Vancouver, and yeah we just like they kept dousing us with water for like and we we were filming as these things tend to do it took like you know six hours seven hours and we kept getting doused with water so like by the end we were all like freezing um and just soaked to the bone but it just like it was so fun i got to like you know for me personally just like rock out drumming and water shooting at you and it's it just really like uh, primal, I would
0: say. Oh yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I, I hope everybody gets a chance to check it out. And one last question: You've toured extensively and played with heavyweights like the Stones, Buck Cherry, Three Days Grace. Oh my God, it goes on and on. What was your favorite experience out of any of those shows?
1: Uh, I'd say two. First off, tour, like our first stadium tour with Death with effort was amazing because it's like you know doing stadiums and they were all sold out. It was like just you know, if every rock band could tour stadiums, <laughs> it'd be a great thing because it just feels, that's that's where our songs belong mm-hmm. you know, on that sort of stage. And the Death Leopard guys were super nice. And I talked to all of them about music because I'm just a music nut, you know. So we talked about lot of the 60s and 70s rock. And, and then the, the second was like the Rolling Stones, which was like, I think they said it was close to 70,000 people or something. And um, I tried my best to meet, meet Keith Richards no matter how hard I tried it didn't happen uh-huh. so um, but it was it was still cool I got very close I got I got to the head of security and I said you know let me shake his hand you know Keith, Keith's music and the band's music changed my life and the head of security said you know son Keith Richards has met everyone he needs to meet in this lifetime
0: <laughs> oh my god so that was
1: good.
0: you're like okay <laughs> what's next for you guys yeah. What have you guys got cooking up?
1: Uh, I can't wait to this, this pandemic can be over and get together, write some more songs, and then who knows? I'm in the sky's the limit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe my band Head and you guys can do a, a show together when you're out in Vancouver.
1: Let's do it. Let's I, do it. I, I
0: would love to. Awesome. We're going to play Hurricane right now. So thank you so much, Kurt, for being on the show. I super appreciate your time, and I'm glad we connected. And uh, let's just keep in touch. Hey, thanks. Hurricane by One Bad Son. Thanks again, Kurt, for being on the show today. Super appreciate you spending all that time with me uh, talking about the industry and your music. Head over to his website, LawyerDrummer.com. And if you want to find out more about One Bad Son, you can go to the website OneBadSon.com. And that's the show. I'm always so grateful to share our Canadian artists and their music with you leave Pacific Northwest Radio on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find my past shows on demand. Click the Make a Scene Canada icon on the homepage of Pacific Northwest Radio. As well, you can find Make a Scene Canada on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites. It's all there waiting for you to discover. Big shout out to my magazine Canada sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Zed Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Zed Productions at sheldonzaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band, Stone Poets. Record it with Sheldon. You can hear more Stone Poets at stonepoets.ca. Or if you want to listen to my rock side, my band Head, go to headmusic.ca. And also find me at sherellejardine.ca to get in touch. I love hearing from you. Now you heard me talking to Kurt about Canadian Musicians Coalition petition to keep music alive in Canada, so it has been, as I mentioned, tabled right now in the House of Commons, but we need you to send a letter to your MP to get them to support petition E-2995. So head over to canadianmusicianscoalition.ca and there you will be able to find the letter Copy and paste it and send it out to your MPs. We really need to make this happen. Now, take a few minutes out of your day and share artists, Make a Scene Canada, and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. I am signing off now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, let's make a scene, Canada. Face the truth Time is slowly ticking Feels better if it just stops. Start-